Welcome to Postcast. The Utah Jazz dominate the Charlotte Hornets tonight from really midway through the second quarter all the way through the rest of the night. They never blink. Pretty solid professional win. We'll break it down and talk about it coming up on Postcast. David Locke and Ron Boone with you here on Postcast tonight as the Utah Jazz played a Charlotte Hornets team that was without their best player in LaMelo Ball. We're 13-34 and 34 coming in. They had won two in a row coming in, so you wondered a little bit of whether they might have found some rhythm and some juice, but the Jazz took the juice out of them with a 37-point third quarter, and then nicely, we there were a few moments along the way where you kind of wondered whether they maybe worked weren't knocking them out of the game. They let it get down to nine and, and get to seven. And I, I think the analogy, I, I used a B analogy at one point, that they were kind of allowing you them to hover around the dinner table kind of the, the way they would on a summer uh, on a summer afternoon. And then finally they got them in the, the bee's nest, in the hornet's nest. And they were sucking on honey and soon to their death. And it wasn't enough, you know, when they, when they you know, have a little comeback there and they get back in the ball game. It, that wasn't enough to give you any indication or any impression that the Hornets were going to win this basketball game. Uh, Jazz just a better basketball team and just could score and get things done when they want it. For those of you that weren't in the arena, it was a strange night. The big screen was not working. And you couple that with what's quite honestly, without LaMelo Ball, is probably one of the least interesting teams in the league. And the lack of game operations. Our game operations crew does great work, and they produce a whole program. I mean, there's people that are in charge of this that spend, that's their jobs. They, mm-hmm. There's a huge amount of effort that goes into, like, making sure this arena is pumping and it's got energy and all those things, and they, and they couldn't do it tonight, and then the game didn't fabricate any natural energy, and so I actually kind of give a little bit of a tribute tip of the hat to the Jazz because with the arena not bouncing like it usually does, it could have been a night where you lost your focus a little bit and they didn't seem to at any point. The dance cam. I mean, fans love Kiss that cam. dance cam. Huh? And the dance cam. You're right. right. I mean, they love that. Something we should actually never do in Utah, yeah. but we do it every single time. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. That does bring energy. Uh, energy leads to fast break dunks. Uh, and then the, the three-point shot, even though the Jazz took 30, 40 of them tonight, it didn't seem like they were that energy wasn't into the three-point shots. Now, you, you think about the dunk. People love the dunk. Uh, the three-point shot is probably the second most exciting play now. And every time there's a three-point shot taken, fans get exci- ex- excited. It goes in the basket. Then you hear this uproar. Same well, as the dunk. And the three-point shots didn't even have that tonight. Well, let's go to the three-point shot for a second. Hornets do not make one in the first half, which I'm pretty certain tied an NBA low of all time. Okay, that's stat geek humor. Think about it for a second. It's actually pretty funny. Ron's going <laughs> to think about it for a second. The Hornets zero three-pointers in the first half. I'm pretty certain was an NBA record for low three-pointers and a half. Come on. That's pretty funny. <laughs> See, I got I'll it laugh. finally. I'll laugh make you feel good. Okay, they actually only got two, both of them by Rozier in the third quarter. They went two of 16 for the night. So the Jazz have actually been the best in the league at denying threes got to get a little credit that they've they've relented off that a little bit. Eric Collins, you're my hero for lots of reasons after watching tonight. See you, my friend. Um, that's their TV announcer who's legendary and awesome. Uh, but, I mean, really, the Jazz deserve some credit defensively in what they 
did tonight to not allow them to get threes and to have and to have good looks. They're the worst three-point shooting team, shooting team in the league. Also, you're, you're absolutely right. And then you hold them to 16 attempts. They've been averaging 35, 33 point something attempts a ball game. That's very, very low. Uh, and and not getting the opportunities to shoot them, I think, is the is the biggest thing. Jazz switching all over the floor, something they worked on this morning. Um, and then with Plumley, I think working in areas like Sabonis works at the top of the key, like Draymond Green works at the top of the key, uh, setting picks, and they just didn't generate any of those three-point shots out of that. So the other side was the way the game evolved for the Jazz offensively. They hit six corner threes in the first half. You, that was your thing you were going to watch early in the game was to keep an eye on that. And then the Hornets changed their defense, and I thought Jordan Clarkson did a really fabulous job of recognizing that. They then hugged to the three-point. I don't know that Jazz got another corner three all night. I'll, I'll have to look. Maybe Lowry got one. And Jordan suddenly just started working in the paint. Yeah. It, all of a sudden, you got the spacing that you always want to have, regardless of if, it's, uh, if you're not getting threes, if you're getting threes or not. That spacing really generates opportunities, and, and Clarkson took advantage of that. I mean, he just... It wasn't like he was getting at the rim and knocking down layups or dunks or anything like that. He was getting in the mid-range area about eight feet away, knocking a little push shot down. Um, and you give him some spacing and a chance to dribble seven, eight times in, in a ball game, he's going, to, uh, he, he's going to score. Fewest threes made in an NBA game since October 30th of 2021 when Boston played Washington. Tyson Ewing dropping us that little note. The Jazz did end up, by the way, uh, let's see. The Jazz ended up without a, another corner three. In the se- the Jazz did not make a corner three in the second half. So, you know, the Hornets. That's that's impressive. The Hornets changed their defense. The Jazz adjust and still hammer them. And the Hornets executed what they wanted to defensively. And the Jazz offense, which comes in fourth best in the NBA, has a counter and an answer to that. You'd be really disappointed, David, if. A coach, an NBA coach, a coach at this level does not make an adjustment to take something like that away. Now, obviously, we point out we watched them work on that this morning, knowing that the way the Hornets were playing their defense, that they could get the corner three by, you know, slipping um, picks and by slipping some offensive plays there. They could get the corner three. As you mentioned, they got, what, six in the first quarter? Yep, six in the first half. First in, in the first half. And, and so you would be really disappointed in a, in a coach of Steve Clifford's caliber if he didn't counter and try to take that away a few box score notes uh, that are great signs Malik Beasley three of six and three and the shimmy came back Uh, Mike Conley might be the most exciting one of the night Mike Conley goes four of eight from three he is now 50% from three in his last six games he came back from that knee injury it took him a long time to figure it out but he may he may be back playing at his top level, and if he is, that's really good for the Utah Jazz. Very good for the Utah Jazz. Why? Because you always have so much confidence in his shot, but then his, his playmaking ability, uh, recognizing situations out there on the floor, how many times did he force uh, Marketing to get down on the mid-block, you know, so we can get him to basketball, and then Marketing having the ability to make plays out of that, even if he didn't score, really makes a big, big difference. But aside from that, you know, some of the – Jazz have 25 assists, and the type assist get tonight was was Tucker. Everybody else, two, three assists or something like that. So they were moving the basketball and, 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 and getting some good plays. 
Uh, there was a scary moment. Ochai Abaji went up for a dunk, fell super hard on his left wrist. It almost looked like he banged his head. Um, he came back and played in the game, had tape on the left wrist, but seemed to be okay, so that's great news. Uh, Walker Kessler seems super frustrated with foul trouble, but by the end of the night had himself 13 points and nine rebounds and happy about the win. He's now Walker Ross Kessler to anyone who heard a postgame interview tonight. Um, and then we don't want to Lowry Markin and just calmly went 25 and 11 tonight. Yeah, Kessler did not get a block shot. That's very unusual. He usually comes up with at least one still in the top 10 in, in block shots per, per game. <clears throat> um, so... What else? Nothing else. Well, Charlotte's just probably the least interesting. Without LaMelo Ball, is probably the least interesting team yeah. in the league. And honestly, Gordon Hayward, his second game back, looked like a guy playing his second game back. He didn't have any bounce. He's really just a power play. It's sad to see what the injuries have done to Gordon. The, the, his peak of his career was his seventh and final year here in Utah when he was an all-star. And then that injury changed him, and he's just never he's just never been able to be the same player. It's actually it's really super sad for a guy who... You can be upset game. the fact that he left and went to Boston, but he, he was on the quest for greatness, and he was obsessed with it, and it's super sad. He is going to, for the rest of his life, wonder what could that have happened if he had not gone up for that alley-oop. He, that was a, a, he had a solid game. I mean, uh, solid offensive game, could shoot the three, um, and, and wasn't the quickest guy in the world, but he could get to, to his spots in the paint, to the rim offensively. Uh, good size, and so... It's just, we'll never know. You know, he goes to Boston and gets hurt, and that's kind of hard coming back off of those. All right, ranges. chat room, what do you guys think? Who are the two stars? Start loading them up in the chat room. Ron, I've got to choose two stars tonight. Ron Boone, what are you doing for two stars tonight? Uh, David, nothing sticks out, you know. There wasn't Marketing a lot to this game probably, that stuck out. Huh? There wasn't a lot to this game that stuck out. Andy right. Williams is voting Mike Conley and Lowry Markkinen. That's what I was just said. The shimmy from Malik Beasley like was a highlight of the night. Yeah. I wonder if there's any reason why Malik Beasley only played 19 minutes tonight. Maybe we just were ahead by enough. It didn't matter. Right. Another vote for Markkinen and Conley. Is that where everyone's going? Is everyone going Markkinen and Conley? I think so, yeah. Lacey says, it's hard to tell tonight. It was seriously the most boring game I've ever been to in person. So is Lacey the one that tries to listen to us before the ball game? Yeah, and in, she, in her the, earbuds. In the ear. I'm upset with Lacey because she says she couldn't hear tonight because her earbuds didn't work. Right. Hey, Lacey, we have plugs here. You should have just stopped by. I would have charged them for you. You would have had the second <laughs> half. By the way, one last note. Do you have... the my gift that I gave you tonight, or have you already lost it? I'll get it. I gave Ron a gift tonight. This is the one last note tonight. Ron's going to get his gift. I have to share everybody what our gift is tonight. What if I can't find it? Well, that means you already lost the <laughs> gift I gave you. It's already crinkled. I got Ron flat, flat Stanley. For those of you who were listening the other night, <laughs> When I said that Nikhil Alexander-Walker become Flat Stanley, Ron Boone didn't know who Flat Stanley is. So you will see pictures tomorrow of Ron Boone reading on the plane about Flat Stanley. That's it right there, everybody. A little Flat Stanley. Have a good night. Enjoy yourself.